0: all right hi and welcome everyone to this Telegame gang podcast the official podcast of telegang.com anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered as financial advice thanks cool uh shout out to jeremy for writing in um a user writing in yeah yeah he, he wrote in <laughs> oh it's so early in the morning my mom's still asleep so i want to record this while she's asleep and i am i can't talk too loud so i'm like really trying to like keep it down so i'm not gonna like maniacally laugh but um yeah jeremy thank you for sending this in um uh, i want to also read the email that I, accompanied his user submission uh and yeah i guess i'll just read it off here he writes hi junie ever since i've listened to all your podcasts in a week starting from episode one to catch up until somewhere episode 70 where i found your podcast i always thought that you were a very good person indeed when i listened to your episodes 92 it confirmed everything i've ever thought Your podcast is very inspiring and I hope as many people as possible get to listen to it because you have given a purpose to my trading and I think everyone should trade with purpose and a plan. You also give much, much common sense to personal finances as people trading options and stuff should have their IRA maxed out and have healthy finances. 100%. Yes, I agree. Since I'm from Canada, Granby We have some other particular accounts that are crazy in taxing and savings deal, and they are called either RRSP, which stands for Registered Retirement Saving Plan, or TFSA, Tax-Free Savings Account. But the principle is exactly the same here. Furthermore, I always wanted to get my girlfriend into staying up-to-date with financial tools, stock market, and stuff but while most of podcasts or news are complicated to follow without any basic knowledge of financial markets, she always felt intimidated, except when she listened to a few of your episodes. She also found out from where I said, all right. <laughs> so I honored this typical Junie phrase by plugging it into the intro that I've let, I've let you uh, hear. As for the episode with your friends about crypto, not that it was bad. But for start, I don't really like the subject, and I don't feel like it really added to value to the podcast. If you, It could be interesting, though, to have that type of conversation with a few of your friends who are involved into options and stock trading and have them talk about whatever subject is related to that. But that is just my opinion. Like you said, if I'm not happy, I can always start my own show. <laughs> you, you could also restart to do the craziest yolo trade scene on reddit as you did in a few of your first episodes that was entertaining as i said i uploaded a file of my french accent saying an intro for an episode if you like to use it keep up the good work jeremy oh okay so a couple of things to debunk here thank you jeremy for sending that in um i I'm like covering my mouth because i don't want to be too loud <laughs> um uh, the part where you said it, if you're not happy you can just start your own podcast that's like so me I've definitely said that like a million times so it, it's like those little things inside emails that like really really make me laugh cause I'm like wow this okay Jeremy has definitely listened to the podcast he said he listened to cause <laughs> yeah anyway um I'm glad that your girlfriend is also interested in finance. I think girls need that extra boost in confidence to dive into these things, just because finance is like so male dominated. I'm not trying to say like um, that it's a male thing and it's only for males now, but I'm definitely nudging at the fact that like women should just get more comfortable with their finances, right? Like, I I mean I imagine there's gonna be a, a a time in my life where i manage you know my finances and my wife's finance my future wife's finances i don't have a wife right now but like you know you get what i mean um but if she got into it and she you know was into you know maximizing all that stuff so that she doesn't have to work as much or you know is more into like just maintaining her own portfolio and just i don't know is a passion of mine. So if she got into it, that'd be cool. She doesn't need to. But it, it is just a cool feeling in general when it's like a team effort type of ordeal, instead of you just, you know, managing everything. Um, for the, the crypto comment, I love getting feedback on the crypto episode. So you know, just as Jeremy said, uh, Jeremy, in particular, uh, doesn't think that the crypto episode was bad but doesn't really like the subject i've gotten that feedback too from other people i've also gotten feedback that it was a good break in the type of content um and so i think i'm gonna meet somewhere in the middle and then do any sort of like off topic episodes as a bonus episode that won't have any of the other filler so for example if i ever do a crypto episode again Um, I will be just releasing it midweek, probably like on a Tuesday or Wednesday with none of the extra parts. It's just going to be audio of us talking Um, because I want to make those type of episodes fast and fun. Um, And then going back to another point where, yeah, I also agree that it's not on brand. Um, I specifically don't talk about crypto because I feel like I have the influence to make people go into things and I don't want to have people go into things that I think are too risky so that you under you guys and girls understand like when I talk about options I like really emphasize all the bad and risky parts whereas like if I talk about crypto there's a lot more risky things are out of your control like a 50% crash right like that is totally out of my control if I were to say and be bullish on crypto and that happened that, I not, that wouldn't be in a good light because you know who am I like am I going to do a follow up episode after the 50% crash and that just becomes like a whole nother topic um, that I have to like keep tabs on right it's like oh Judy you talked about crypto last week and you said oh Joe, crypto was okay and then it crashed you're not going to make an episode you're not real uh uh-huh. <laughs> people people will say a lot of mean things it's really crazy like you have like 99 things to do in the day and you (laughs) oh no i don't know people are crazy people are crazy (laughs) um but yeah thank you for the feedback and thank you for submitting the the intro jeremy and uh i think that's all i wanted to say on this yeah Awesome. And if if any of you guys and girls want to submit an episode, the backlog is clear. There's no other user intro uh that I'm going to use. So if you send one in before next Sunday, there's like a 100% guarantee it's going to get in. Or I won't say 100 cuz if I say this right now, other people might uh <laughs> be submitting it, but it will eventually get in. I I've never said no to an intro before, and there's been I think six so you have a pretty good chance of getting your intro in if you just record it and send it in and it'll be a good surprise for you uh, if you're just driving to work one day and you hear yourself on spotify or apple podcast it's pretty cool um again that's send it to juni at data and i would prefer if you just made it an mp3 file thanks okay uh light week for earnings you have stitch fix after close on monday nothing really on tuesday uh on wednesday before open you have Love Sack. after close on wednesday you have gamestop after close on thursday you have chewy and dave and busters okay uh elephant in the room is gamestop earnings um ooh that's this is this, this is going to be a, that's going to be a crazy day right so that's that's wednesday um if you buy calls understand where you break even like right like get the strike price add the premium you paid on top of that and that's your break even that's what you need gamestop to be on friday close this is assuming you buy friday expiry which i consider most people and that's what they do um and you know if you understand where your break even is it'll it'll help you sleep better at night. Like just like it's especially on the day of earnings when you can't really trade your option, right? Like after close on Wednesday, say GameStop moons, and then you don't understand where your break even is. Then you're kind of like, Oh, did I make money or did I lose money? Understand where you make money before you enter the trade. That's like a big, huge step forward for your just, you know, trading life and you know, you getting better as a trader. And, you know, of course, this is the same with strike prices and premiums for buying puts. Understand where your puts win if you want to buy puts on GameStop. It's, it's hard justifying playing earnings because, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, um, I'm always like, you know, play earnings, do it for fun, and, um, you know, count for max loss and all that stuff. The do it for fun has to be like the most important reason to play earnings, because I look at like you know my performance over you know, last year's performance. I looked at my I look at my performance this year, and it's really hard justifying buying like a three K, um, like put or a call. On GameStop, right? Like for example, my profit loss for this year is twenty one k of a one hundred sixty portfolio, one hundred sixty k portfolio, um, or or actually of a one hundred fifty because I'm I'm actually over one hundred forty. So if I say twenty k divided by one hundred forty, because I'm already factoring that in, right? That's a I have a fourteen percent. Um, return on my portfolio. So then, if I were to take 3k of, you know, 20k, dude, come on, that's me throwing away basically 15% of my gains if I lost, and I'm not willing to take that risk. And that's how a lot of people should look at it right like if you are doing well outside of earnings this is kind of what you're putting yourself up against is like you're already doing well like you don't need to take this risk i understand that if you're tired of losing you can be in tilt mode right like you can just totally be in this um this Feeling of like, oh, you know what? It, I'm not really good at trading, so you know, uh, I'm gonna continue learning, but this earnings event is my ticket out. Like, this will change my life. And yeah, it can definitely change your life for the better, I agree, but it can also change your life for the worse. I'm betting that most of you don't have a profit loss that is a significant amount, so that you don't actually have play money or that would be considered fun money. I would actually think a lot of you buying a 3K call for GameStop earnings will put you nearly all in. And you need to make sure that you understand that that this call that you buy can lose. Not not only if the stock goes down, but if it trades flat, right? You're already at like a 30% probability of profit if you choose a decent one. Anything else above that, you're just paying fat premiums just to enter the trade. Um, but really just take a step back and understand one more t- I'm going to say it one more time, like where you win, where you lose, how far are you ahead right now on your profit loss? Like, are you even ahead in your profit loss? Are you green for the year? If you're green for the year, then maybe you think about and doing this for fun. If you're red for the year, this is who knows? Maybe you're not like me, but if I was red for the year and I lost on a 3K play for GameStop, that would put me on full blown tilt. I would think, like, okay, nothing's working. I'm going to try to get this 3K back with some earnings are coming soon because this is just the start of the earnings that are coming in, right? And this is what makes you get on the front page of Wall Street Bets is that you do something for fun or you think it's for fun. But you're lying to yourself and you want to actually win. Oh, Judy, look at Judy making fun of people that just want to have fun. No, dude. If you truly have fun, I'm not talking about you. It's the people that justify things and say like, oh, I'm just doing this for fun and they get mad when they lose. That's that's my prime target. And if you're that target, I'm sorry, but you need to wake up. So understand that if you play earnings this week on GameStop you're really really asking for it i'm not gonna make fun of you if you lose you can come to the twitch stream if you win you could come to the twitch stream if you lose it's gonna be a good time 6 p.m pacific time on tuesdays but really make sure that um well i guess you wouldn't have won or lost on that by then but you could come to the next tuesday stream um just make sure you're doing it for fun i can't stress that enough earnings It's going to feel like you know whatever earnings you pick, it the price just moves in the opposite direction. Like how many times have you said like, oh I keep buying at the top, oh I keep um, selling at the bottom, right? Earnings are the same thing. It's always going to do the opposite of what you pick, and the one time you win is just going to set you up for failure for the next time because that's how the market works. It's just gonna you're going to win one time, you're going to think you're a beast, and you put in ten times more than you originally put. And then it's just going to go the opposite direction. I just want to, you know, give you a quick reminder of, like, what happened during NVIDIA, right? There's so many good things pointing to what made NVIDIA such a solid play for earnings. And um, buying calls seemed immaculate. Like, I'm talking, like, it seemed like the slam dunk of the century. You have the 4 to 1 split coming up. Um, You have uh, just you know the arms deal with a confident vote from uh, the ceo or a confident tweet or you know announcement from the ceo saying that he's confident about it going through um it's just an industry leader um you know it's it's due for a breakout if you look at the chart and just looking at it earnings seemed like a slam dunk but what did nvidia do it went down Oh Judy, it's just puff taking, oh, it's just market manipulators. But see, that that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's it still happened. It still went down despite everything and it smashed earnings, it even doubled in some categories. Like you need to really, really understand that earnings are super binary. Okay, you either win or you lose. And there's like very rare instances where you might fall in between where you like exit the bell. But Um, Oh, my God. I'm, like, trying to, like, scramble and search for, like, the thing that might hit home for you. Um, Yeah, I mean, NVIDIA... Oh, right. And then NVIDIA, after going down, um, proceeded to just rally from there. So anybody that was unhappy with their calls losing, that exited at the bell the next day, um, got destroyed. Because the price continue to go up and then their calls would have been fine so it's just you're introducing all these variables that are not in your everyday routine not in your everyday trading because the majority of your gains should be made outside of earnings there's no reason why earnings should be your main method of growing um, your portfolio yes maybe if you have a fun portfolio that is fine If you have a earnings portfolio, that is fine. But I'm talking about for the mass, general mass amount of people that trade with a just trade with one account, and just want to let you know that like reloading your portfolio is also not normal, right? Like if you only have 3k in your account and you buy a 3k call for GameStop and you lose, and you only have like $200 left, and then you wait two weeks to put 3 k of your paycheck into your portfolio again to just play another earnings, that type of behavior is not normal. Okay, like that is, I'd consider, you know, something very <laughs> like toxic, and you need to break out of that cycle where... Um, you know, some I could he, just hear to a lot of people listening right now. You you might think like, wow, why would someone do that? Like, why would someone lose basically three thousand dollars and put in three thousand dollars to do the same play? There are people in this world that don't understand the importance of money in like an adult context. There, there's a lot of high school kids, a lot of college kids that might have summer you know, summer, um, job money or scholarship money that want to just make something out of it. Right. (laughs) You know, you should probably pay for your college with your scholarship money, but this is just the reality of things. And so when you're looking at this, like think of all the times you've reloaded your portfolio, like just take a step back and just pause and just think like, how many times have I reloaded my portfolio? And if I just traded normally or if I just bought Apple stock, how much money would I have right now? And so if that number is extremely high and you don't have that money, right? Like say for example, you've reloaded three K five times, um, that's 15 grand. And you know, while you don't have the 15 grand anymore, you can take a step back and realize like, Hey, I can do that again and I can be responsible with it. And so Being a responsible trader, you can do that today. You don't have to wait until some big life event or anything. You can start that literally right now. Okay, there's nothing stopping you from deciding like, hey, I'm kind of done with this. I don't want to lose three grand again. I understand three grand could buy me a lot of nice things. It could buy me a really nice guitar. It could buy me a couple of really, really nice skateboards. And by a couple, I mean almost like a truckload. (laughs) Um, It could buy you a lot of cool things. And yes, money isn't everything and materialistic goods are not everything either. I agree, but money makes your life easier and you need to understand that. And 3 grand is a lot of money. It it doesn't matter what <laughs> I can't believe I like I have to explain this. It's like just decide to trade responsibly whenever it's convenient for you. You do it at your own pace. Just know you can start today. Okay, as far as dating.com website updates. Um, most pages have a lot less renders now Uh, they also have a lot less amount of uh, network requests happening so the website should feel a little bit more snappy we are now on version 2.4.3 and then also soon coming is bios so you're going to be able to leave a bio on your profile um, to let traders know you know what you're currently thinking maybe or what type of trader you are just like a basically a little snippet just to give a little bit more personality on profile pages um a good chunk of the work is already done uh i'm still continuing to test it um but it should be out by like tuesday Uh, there's a good chance it goes out today i just don't want to leave any promises but again today is sunday uh june 6th um but yeah and then i think after that uh it's either voting uh, like what your sentiment is like for the market for like the week or for the month or it's gonna be favoriting and or liking user accounts like where you get to have a watch list of people um of course like i understand most people might just like automatically think like oh why don't you just work on the follow feature like that i've my bookmark is getting so big it there's just a whole lot of like internal debate i'm doing about like how i want people to interact with each other like just here's where here's where my head is at it's like following people is cool and i you know logging all your trades is cool too but what a lot of people don't understand, and they, it's the people that say like, "Oh, Junie, why do you keep saying you're so real?" Or Junie, why do you, why do you keep mentioning your URL? Like, we get it, dude, we get it. Following people can lead to like indirect, you know, uh, behavior that isn't so productive. Where like, you know, maybe you are posting all your trades and then you just notice someone is leaving like a comment on every single one. And you're like, wow, I don't like this. I want to block a certain person. Then I have to implement like an entire block feature. And that's like just a whole, that's a whole thing, right? Like, of course, the number one rule on this website is don't be a butt, right? Like if you're not a butt, uh, you're not gonna get banned or kicked or anything. Like, just don't be a bad person, basically. But I know that people, there's just troubling people sometimes. And I don't want people, or I don't want those type of people to feel empowered on the website and just have the easiest way of, like, you know, get being notified of right when you open a trade and continue to be a bad person. Um, and so, you know, while I might get those um, and I could do deal with those at real time because I'm the one receiving the notifications for them. Um, you don't, you don't have that blocking or banning capability. So uh, something also to be said about Trading.com is like, how hard is it to, you know, log your trades, right? Like it's it's pretty hard. It is disgustingly hard to log your trades and um, stay up to date on your trades. And that's why I say you don't need to. It's only a challenge for those that like, really want to prove like, wow, okay, I am comfortable enough to let my trades out into the wild and get feedback on everything. Um, When you don't upload all your trades, It should become a little bit more fun, but like, I don't want it to seem like, um, uploading all your trades is expected. Uh, you should definitely just upload at your own pace. Um, if you feel like you're ever behind, like just upload, you know, from that moment on, like consider the ones that you missed, just old trades and just don't upload those at all. Um, because otherwise if you try to come back with a backlog full of trades that you haven't logged yet you're gonna feel overwhelmed and you might just like not up end up uploading them Um, I've gotten some feedback and you know some people have asked like hey Junie you know I've I've fallen behind I'd love to just import some via CSV Um, that is an interesting direction and that's been requested in the past and so I could look at that solution but where my head is at there is that I don't want people to just put their trades on a csv and then upload onto the site because that doesn't mean anything when you do that anybody can put a trade on a csv and then upload it um like a mass amount like what stops someone from uploading 1,000 trades at once and if I put a limit of 1,000 and you upload 2,000, you're going to be like, oh, Judy, why can't I upload all 2,000 of my trades that I've been just doing on the side? It's it's faster for me to put down my spreadsheet and stuff. So there's that internal debate there, right? Where like it's putting the trade out when you do it, receiving the feedback in real time before you even win or lose and proving to people like, hey, I uploaded this trade now or i went into this trade right now uh and i'll close it when it's done not like okay i'm gonna log all my winners and losers on my csv spreadsheet oh wow look i lost here i lost here i lost here ah those were just like me testing a strategy i'm gonna delete those but i'm gonna upload all my winners so while that's possible right now right you can just upload your winners right now It's like, it's just incredibly obvious if you only upload your winners right now. And so that's the type of internal debate I'm having is like, do I want people just to be able to upload all their trades? Or do I want to keep the purpose of the website to be able to just like prove like, hey, I'm a type of trader to put their trades out there in real time, despite winning or losing, and I'll close it when it's actually closed. If you forget to do that on some days, Don't worry about it. I think what the solution might be is just, forget that trade ever existed, just continue trading or continue uploading when you're ready to start uploading trades. It's just, don't get in the habit of uploading old trades. It's like, not the point of the platform. Because really, anybody can create a CSV, make it public, like on Google Sheets, and say like hey look at all my trades for the year and it's just all winning trades right and unless if i get to look at your you know your broker platform and seeing you log in and refresh the screen i'm not going to believe that spreadsheet because that there's no real-time benefit of that because you can just have easily deleted your um your losing trades right again this is without proof of you logging in and so this is also why every tuesday i log in to my tastyworks on stream and everyone can see my profit loss for the year my portfolio size and you know it's just a fun time but i'm just trying to prove like hey this is what happens if you just trade responsibly or if you trade what you know or if you understand what your system is so Uh, just understand that I'm always thinking about these things. It's always like in like the back of my mind as I'm like implementing new features and, um, there'll be further updates on the CSV situation. Um, as far as, um, making sure that, you know, keeping, you know, the platform safe, friendly and inviting for, you know, newer people, um, I want to also be sure to like accommodate for people that use the site um, more on a hardcore level too like if you are the type of person to upload your trades and you are in a dying need to keep like your trading history pristine i totally get that feeling and sometimes you go on vacation it's just something i have to think on and something that will have a solution eventually today we're gonna go over things that uh you know for the intermediate and advanced people might seem a little obvious um and to the newer people it might seem like obviously like a good play um and we're just gonna talk about like what can happen um so as you know i'm sure all you guys and girls know a a lot of short targets like amc and gamestop and when i say short targets i mean like Companies that are heavily shorted, meaning there's a lot of corporations or hedge funds that have a lot of bearish um, uh, plays on that particular company. Like, for example, say a hedge fund doesn't think AMC is going to do well, it will, you know, borrow a million uh, shares of AMC at its current stock price and promise to buy it back uh, when it's lower. hence, that's a bearish strategy. But for whatever reason, if people band together and decide, hey, you know what, we like AMC, and decide to buy AMC, it starts rising the price, or raising the price. And then the uh, hedge fund is like, oh, wow. Uh, I can't actually buy it cheaper than when I borrowed the stock. So I have to buy it when it's higher. Um, And if they refuse to buy it, when it's higher and if people keep buying it up, uh, then they the max loss of which is infinite, by the way, for the hedge fund uh, continues to grow. And, um, you know, while this is all happening, while hedge funds are refusing to liquidate their position or their short position. Right. Um, the volatility of the stock goes up because everyone knows that this is an attack right this is a short squeeze from you know the consumers um, and or other hedge funds you know there there's other there's definitely other hedge funds that play more on the risky side and are willing to go against the bigger hedge funds Um, but there's also a good amount of like retail traders like you and me that might go into this type of position you know just wanting a piece of the pie Um, and so When this is all happening, volatility rises because as it goes up, as this attack is happening, uh, we know eventually, eventually it will go down. Just no one knows exactly when, which is why I think buying puts on AMC is just as dangerous as buying calls. You don't know if AMC can reach a thousand bucks, right? There's nothing in the rule book that says AMC can't reach a thousand bucks. And there's also nothing in the rule book that says AMC could come crashing down to $2 either, right? There's, there's a lucrative amount of money that can be made if it goes up or down. Now, the theta game type of mentality might say, wow, if volatility is going up, the extrinsic value of these options are also going up, meaning if I sold options or if I wrote options, remember sold and wrote or write, uh, are the same mean the same thing right you're just uh writing this contract for another person to take on the obligation and so when you do this uh you might think in your head wow i'm getting paid a lot to write or sell you this contract this is a great deal like amc can't go above uh a hundred bucks there's no way Right? But let me remind you right now, you don't know that. There's there's nothing in the rule book that says it can't go over a hundred bucks. There's nothing in the rule book that says it can't go over two hundred bucks. There's nothing in the rule book that goes over a thousand bucks. And so what a lot of people are seeming to do on Reddit right now, and I'm looking at all these types of different options related subreddits, is people are selling naked calls on amc some people are selling naked calls on gamestop and thinking like wow you know as long as the stock trades flat or goes down i'm making money but you leave yourself open to get got and this isn't even an example of picking up pennies in front of the steamroller either because you're getting paid a pretty penny it's not it's definitely not a penny for some it's like a few months worth of rent for taking on this bet okay like for the people that just like blindly write this off as, Oh, you shouldn't write that. You shouldn't pick up pennies from the seam roller, they, they don't understand that this type of money is very lucrative to some people. Right. Um, but this is just my warning for those of you that are considering, um, you know, because this is the Theta Game podcast and it is, it is about, you know, writing options or selling options this type of opportunity comes like once in a lifetime but that doesn't mean you have to take it this type of opportunity can absolutely ruin your life we're talking about like you sell a few amc calls of whatever let's do let's just amc stock price what is it trading at right now it's trading at 47 bucks right now if amc or 43 bucks if you, for example, you know, open up the options chain tomorrow on Monday and you say, oh, AMC, it looks like it's heading down. You know what? The $50 strike price for the calls? Wow, that still has a lot of premium on it. AMC's already going down. It ah, looks like the run's over. I'm just going to sell the 50 call, collect, you know, X amount of money. It could be like 000, 000. a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks. It's ridiculous amount of money i'm not even looking at the option chain i'm just making this number up i just know it's a lot for the amount of like uh for whatever the strike is right because there's just so much volatility baked into the extrinsic value of these options so you sell the 50 call your first day great it continues to trade flat that's great you collect some premium you have a good chunk of change there but you haven't exited the position because inside your head you're like you know, I'm going to ride this uh, and let this expire worthless. So, and then the next day, trades flat. You collect a little bit more premium. Nice. Good job. Next day, it gaps down and you make a big chunk of the premium. You get to, you, you have that, like, you're you're definitely in the green now, right? You're, you're, you're very solidly in the green. Great. You go to bed. You're thinking, oh, you know what? I might exit soon. This is a good amount of money you know, like for, for what I did, you go to bed and you wake up, boom, AMC is at 80 bucks because some hedge fund announced that they're liquidating their short position. And now you're in the hole of like, maybe it it really depends too. Like how many options did you sell? Did you you just sell one or did you sell 60? Right? Did you go for then the really nice house in one trade? (laughs) or do you just play for fun and do one, right? Both of which still dangerously dangerous, okay? It doesn't matter if you just sold one or you sold 50 or 60. It does not matter. It's They're both super dangerous just because the upside of the trade, uh, it's unlimited. The stock can go as far high as it wants, and you can absolutely get got no matter how many you sell. But you did awesome. The stock traded flat. You collected premium. The stock traded flat. You collected some premium. The stock then went down. You collected a good chunk of change. And then you went to sleep. And you wake up the next day and AMC's trading at 80 bucks. If you sold, if you're one of the, you know, the unfortunate people that just didn't know any better and you sold 40, 50, 60 contracts, that's that's I'm not going to say game over because I don't want it seem like it's the end of the world, but you you definitely got got and you're probably it's not even probable you have to look at filing for bankruptcy i don't know what age you are um and that's not good right like some people also you could possibly be one of those people and i don't want to make it seem like it's the end of the world you file for chapter seven bankruptcy and you'll get out of it eventually in like seven. I don't, even, I don't even know the amount of years it'll take to get out of it. But that should not have happened in the first place. And if you are one of those people that this has happened to, you're going to be okay. Okay? Money only makes your life easier. It is not absolutely necessary. Not like an exuberant amount at least. So just understand you'll make it through. You're going to be okay. For those of you that have not gotten got yet by doing this, just don't do this. Don't sell naked calls on companies just at all. Like I, I can blindly just have that rule, right? Like I would never do that. And so again, that's why I would never pitch it on this podcast. I don't pitch advertisements for things that I don't use. And that for that reason, there's no advertisements on this podcast right i don't want to tell you to do something that i haven't done myself so i'm not going to tell you to ever sell you an, or ever like you know have you sell naked call because i understand the risk and i understand that that is a main contributor to something that could stop me from getting a really nice house okay please you need to take a step back and understand like there's no such thing as free money in the market it doesn't matter how volatile the stock is. It doesn't matter how much extrinsic value is on the stock. You owe it to yourself to protect yourself at all times. The stock market, much like the ocean, is beautiful, but it can destroy you if you don't pay attention and if you're not aware. Um, AMC. I'm watching it from the sidelines. I'm rooting everyone on, though. It's a good feeling seeing people make money. Um, you know, especially a good feeling, you know, making money against hedge funds. But not so much a good feeling when it's, you know, one person, you know, influencing other people to do it for their own benefit. Of course, like I'm talking about the people that say get in before it's too late and all this stuff. It's that is toxic, I think. But if you're someone that like trades for fun, it's very leisurely and you buy a few AMC shares with your, you know, part time paycheck like and you make like a few hundred bucks. That's awesome. I think that's a super cool way to just like have fun, have skin in the game and just like feel like you're part of something that's bigger. Like that's totally cool. It's when you like talk to your coworker that you know is like saving all their hard earned money and you talk them into saying like, "Oh, you should get into GameStop before it's too late." And then they get in AMC for whatever reason corrects down to maybe like say 20 bucks. Like just say some piece of news came out. Uh are you going to are you going to talk to them and tell them to like double down or give them tips on how to like get out of that situation or are you just never gonna bring it up again. Right. And that's the type of like conversation that I think isn't talked about is how many times have you like said something good about stock or something bad about stock and goes in the opposite direction with a friend. And then are you, do you bring it up again? Right? Like, so just be careful of like, you know, and understand like who your general uh, audience is right it's not just me right that has to worry about audience it's you too like if you understand that someone's newer to trading stocks there's no reason for you to try to be the person that like knows it all right and i i've, I've learned that is like when you are in a group of like for my group of friends when we talk about trading stocks i'm usually like more on the quiet side I like let them talk it out let them talk and then it's like they might ask like clarification on a question and then i like help clarify and then i you know at the end i might like leave some thoughts and stuff but i never try to take the conversation into my own hands because it's cool seeing other people get into a hobby that you like and like hear them how they think and stuff um and you owe it to yourself to you know be the guide but not like I guess the guru. Like don't tell your friends what stocks to buy. Teach them, you know, how to you know find stocks to buy. Or like, you know, teach them to fish. Don't, you know, catch and cook them the fish. Um, uh, what else? AMC, GameStop. Yeah, GameStop earnings being this this week. There's just gonna be a whole bunch of, you know, there's gonna be a whole bunch of memes coming out. There's gonna be a whole bunch of action on reddit coming out and i i promise like there are people that will sell naked calls like gamestop and if it moons for whatever reason they're in trouble um and i promise that like the only way you're going to know if someone sold naked calls is if gamestop trades flat and they've exited or if gamestop goes down and so it's just one of those like survivor bias type of things where people will often do really like risky things but will only talk about the risky things if when they win right and that leads into other people thinking like oh wow this person doesn't have much of a trade history but every time they trade it seems like they do awesome but it's just because they only talk about the trades that win and so shameless plug tradingcom juni you can see all of my trades you can see them um, all the all of my losers all of my winners all my trades are uploaded right when I enter them and they're closed right when I close them um, and yeah it, if you want to you know lead by example you got to you got to show face and so if you have a friend group I challenge you why don't you have the friend group show all their trades right when they open them and show all their trades right right when they close them a lot of people might think oh i don't want to show all my trades for what reason oh because you know this or that I, i don't want to seem like i'm i'm bad well why are you scared of looking bad shouldn't you be like actually trying to get better with your friends and um getting good feedback oh well you know me and my friends just trade for fun that's cool that's great but it's when you want to actually start getting better that logging your trades and you know making sure you have something to reflect back on of your uh, mistakes is really important because like if you do a bad trade it's really easy to write that off as like a market manipulator doing something or you know it's just a trade that didn't work out and that won't happen again but if you have a history of all these trades, it's really easy to look at like oh you know what I did play earnings this day and it didn't work out for me or I played earnings this day and it worked out great uh, but I also noticed because it didn't work out last time I have a 50-50 chance so maybe this next trade going forward I don't have um, I don't have uh, you know the capital to really go into a 5050 trade with this amount so it lets you do cool like little analyses like this. Uh, for your own you know for your own sake and it's really important to understand where you stand in the um in your entire like trading history like are you on a good streak right now or are you on a bad streak do you not feel like uploading your trades right now because you're just losing so often okay let's take a step back why are you losing so often um and so you know, maybe it's due to you putting more risky trades on that you're ashamed of putting out in the world. Like, you don't want to see people you, <laughs> you don't want people to see you selling naked calls on AMC. Then maybe that's your sign of like not selling the naked calls on AMC, right? There's a lot of, uh, very forward feedback that you get from when you upload your trade. It's like as you're filling out the trade form, like. It could be on your own spreadsheet i'm not giving like super pitch the website but say it's on your spreadsheet that's like maybe public or if you're on the website as you're putting in the trade and you get to like the the column on your own spreadsheet or in the notes section on the website as you're writing it down you're like um i don't know what to put for the dd section or the due diligence section i'm just huh wait why don't i have anything to do with it i don't know what to put in the dd section why is that Oh, cause I didn't think about it. Oh, oh, I don't want to type that I just saw this in a discussion thread. Oh, I probably shouldn't do this. Right? So it's like a whole bunch of like, this process lets you really, <laughs> It's I, it lets you face your inner demons. <laughs> um, and it's just a healthy thing to do. I don't care if you use the website, just use a spreadsheet. Um, but it's just a healthy habit to get into. And it's one of the better tips that I can give on the podcast. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. Don't sell naked calls. I often have this phrase I say of like, don't tell traders what to do. Uh, I'm going to tell traders what to do right now. And I'm going to say, don't sell naked calls. It's just incredibly dangerous. You owe it to yourself and your spouse or your family or your friends to not do that um and just you know not do that (laughs) i'll see everybody next week okay um where is my script here we go you can follow me on twitch at real theta gang you can follow me on twitter at real theta gang you can email me at junie at theta gang.com theta gang is probably partnered with tastyworks and signing up with the theta game referral code is a huge help that's theta gang one word all caps if you have already used the theta Gang referral code which i get a list every 15th of the month and if you are on that list you know when you send in the email uh i'll get you all set up but i need you to email me first there's like no way that i can know your email if i have like asked and it's like a privacy thing which i totally totally understand so you need to email me first letting me know that you use the referral code because there's no way for me to reach out to you so please email me at junie at with your first name last name your Thetagang username and your twitter username thank you so much Going into the patron shout outs, let me go down here. All right, I wanna give a uh, shout out to my patrons here. Bingo Bango, Andrew ECK, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Malop, Supes Mojo, Can't Make Money, IRL, Empty Cans, your Boop2865, Mitch rady 7, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson. McFly, Statistically Random, Tom Hommus, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, Wheaton, Nah, Oda, Cheese, Maltman, 256 Chivonis, NM, M. Hayden, La Little, Mr. Sneezy, Menno, Dumb Grandpa 95, Gorlami, Salami, Leo, Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Nate the River, Just Send It, Wilkite, North Fist, Vary, Chick, Batch, Chicken Dinner, Obero, Slava, Litvin, Ivan, Yurkenov, Red, Red, Green, Blue, Red, S- Roadster 99, Just Such as Taco Tuesday, Arfman, Lord Skeletor, Radovan, 1986, Relays, Reservist, The Jester, crispy cream Boy, Hermes Kaput, Rusty or Shifty AG and Sys88. I felt like I was on a roll. I felt like I was going to say that as f- the fastest I've ever said that. But I choked. My hot coffee is now cold because where my parents live, it's always perpetually 65 degrees. <laughs> but it's good. It's the weather that I grew up with. So like, I pref- this is like my perfect temperature 65 <laughs> um wow just i guess honestly i think next week i'll have a better um one percent section i don't really want to talk about it right now because it's just so recent um but yeah i i will talk about i'll talk about the family things next week when i'm back at home home so this week on the twitch stream i will still be at my parents house um but on wednesday i think i'll be driving up um back at home and then uh yeah i'll be back in socal and i could be as loud as i want and and stuff so i'm not you know bothering my parentals um but I'll also just be more in the mood to talk about things when I'm just back in my room and back in my, not in my parents' house. <laughs> um, but beyond the, I guess what's happening family-wise, um, I do feel really, like lucky and really blessed to have the performance I'm having. Uh, having, <laughs> having right now in the stock market, um. This whole thing with like Nvidia and what Boeing has done, and uh, trading Shopify a few times, like, I am on track to have fifty percent again by the end of the year. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, this could be the absolute top of my portfolio. You know, I I never want to jinx it that hard. But um, it, it, it does feel really good that I could, you know, be as vocal as I am right now, right? And, you know, teach what I can teach, but also like prove to everybody that what I do works. I literally show all my trades. I go on the Twitch live stream, I show inside my terminal, inside my account, showing my profit loss and my portfolio size and you know this should be like the norm for other people that do a similar thing right and i just want to like remind people it's also when you sign up for like patreon and stuff it's not about signing up and um getting like stock picks or option contract picks from me it's just supporting what I do with the website podcast, which is like making trading a little bit more, you know, a little bit more real. And it makes also just, you know, learning about options like a little bit less scary. I try not to use big words. I try to like really, you know, talk about topics from like a Wall Street betters type of point of view i'm never like oh wall street bets people are so dumb those are my roots right like i learned a lot back in the you know glory days of wall street bets when not everything was talking about amc or gamestop there's there's like there was all this like there were so many cool people that like i just really don't see anymore just because there's so many people online now for you know wall street bets unfortunately, those are all, you know, the newer people that are just really interested in, like, the short companies and whatever. But it it was definitely fun. Um, But that's where I've learned all of my bad habits. Uh, It's where I grew and learned some of my good habits, right? And, yeah, I'm just, again, just really lucky and grateful for where I am in, like, my life right now and especially where my trading life is at, because, you know, I think a lot of my messages would be a lot less effective if I had, for example, like a red profit loss, right? Like, who is this guy, you know, triggering people on Twitter or, you know, saying, you know, mean things to uh, angry people on his podcast, right, when he has a red P&L, but I don't, thankfully, and I'm grateful, and I'm also, again, lucky to have this type of, like, position for those that like ask me um you know, how do you, how do you do something every week uh for this long like where do you find the motivation to do it it's not motivation at this point it's just discipline like i just know that i have to record and so sometimes some episodes are trash like i think some some of my episodes in the last what is this let me let me check what what actually is this this will be my 99th episode so this again we're coming up on the two year mark where i haven't missed a week there are some episodes that are just trash and that's because i just understood i just had to get it done because i know that if i take a break that i'm the type of person to you know say oh you know what maybe i start making this a monthly thing and then you know a month comes around and you're like ah, you know what i'll just talk about something when something big happens but that's just you know i understand that's how i operate and you should look at how you operate too going one level deeper is like people ask like how do you how do you talk about things um or how do you like where do you come up with these things to, like trigger people and stuff or what where do you come up with these um ideas of people being fake versus real like do you do you think of someone in particular or do you what What? where's your where's your thinking happening and a lot of this is just like from my own experiences while I was learning right like I'd always ask people like can I see like your losses like do you have any records of your losses and they would like just show me like a few data points on like a spreadsheet but then there's like no real like sustenance there where I could like learn from or like there's just I was just so aware of survivor bias um in the even in the early days of Wall Street Bets, but yet I still did mistakes where I played earnings and I got God and I played earnings and I won a lot. Right, like it's I'm I I feel like I'm just really cognizant of like being truthful in a healthy way. Where you know, if you're going to give advice to someone, you better make sure that you know you're good at it yourself like there's no reason to give advice on something that you're not really good at and um you can definitely try and use it as an opportunity for you to learn and i think that's a great method of learning but you have to be honest with yourself and with the person that you're teaching that hey you know what um i'm going to teach you as an exercise for myself to see how well i understand this and if you get any benefit from this that's cool Right? obviously every single interaction you have in life doesn't need to have that disclaimer but you should just be aware of it and um, just as a last note it's really easy to trigger people if, you, if you've if you been through it and it's really easy to be loud and obnoxious if that's just like how you are in, in real life and um, I think I'm pretty much there <laughs> uh I I like saying my opinion. Um but it doesn't really start coming out until like I think of you as a really close friend. If you if I'm I'm usually pretty reserved around really new people or like people that I've not met before, but if I if I'm loud and obnoxious, it's because I consider you a really close friend. And it's easier to do that and you know, just, you know, not think about what I tweet sometimes or not think about what I say sometimes because it's just who I am. It's not like I'm trying to put on a face to trigger people. It's just how I talk. And so if if that's, you know, some insight into how you can start producing content at my pace, is just like be yourself. You don't have to trigger people. You don't have to um, be real. Like, that doesn't have to be your main mot- motive, right? Like, you can totally start your own podcast, talk about, you know, cool cars from an informative point of view, or just like a super optimistic, like, oh, you know, the R34 might be coming soon. And I'm really excited. And, you know, these are the specs of the R34. And this is why people don't like the r33 right like that type of podcast is possible too it doesn't you don't have to know exactly what you're talking about that day either i say that you know i gotta look at my script sometimes but my script is more like bullet points i just write down bullet points sometimes i don't even write it write it down sometimes it's just the old script on the last one i'm just like reminding myself what to say for the outro because my outro is kind of written out but my topic the website updates my weekly play section um they all change it's, and so yeah if you want to do something of your own like a podcast i think i've said it before but this is your second sign to start like there's there's really no reason why you shouldn't have the time to just sit down and talk into a mic it's pretty therapeutic it's therapeutic for me um and uh yeah it's just something nice you can do for yourself and what if it grows and what if it turns into something that you can quit your job for right like you never know you just never know sometimes Ooh, yep anyway uh i want to just say that uh i want to make sure that nah nah again i'll just i'll just i'll just let you guys and girls in more on to, like what's happening next week but stay tuned i'll see everybody next week and um come say hi on the twitch live stream on tuesday at 6 p.m pacific time and i will um see you later